<laughs> Hi. Um, so, if you're a live listener of this podcast, you might be wondering, like, what happened? And that's a fantabulous question. What happened actually was that I had a medical issue. And then I had to travel here to the United States. Um derogatory and then I had to move into an apartment alone alone-ish in like two days and then classes started and um so the podcast this episode of the podcast has not yet made it to you and I'm really sorry about that but it's here now and um I would I only am including this offer preface because um, we, like, refer to this being the third episode on the third Monday and blah, 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 and some other stuff. And I don't feel like editing that out, so I'm not gonna. So why don't you either suspend your disbelief or just, like, pretend like you're on the joke with us. Um, and yeah, that's really it. Um, I would like to make an amendment to something I say in the episode, which is, like, kind of a spoiler, but I I really don't think anybody's going to be that broken up over it, so I'm just going to say it. We regarded this episode far, far before Sonam Kapoor was a mother, and she now is not with child, but she is with a child. She's had her child, and um, so the fact that I didn't include that doesn't come from a place of me not knowing that, because there's no world in which I would not know that. It's much more that... Ooh, email. Okay, see you later. Bye. Hello, and welcome back to... Dear Mindy Kaling, a podcast that's really more of an open love letter and a plea to one Mindy Kaling, my idol and in a perfect world for both of us, my friend, collaborator, Mindy, who knows. I am your, I've written adjective host <laughs> and I really wanted Parsif to help me with an adjective and um, no such help has yet arrived. I had so, ideas, I had only host. Which is not accurate. Uh, and then pretty host. You've never said that to me. Oh, I thought it. Thanks. Also, why but wasn't I asked? For- because you had not arrived yet okay. at the agreed upon time. I just want everybody to know that I also know adjectives. Okay, well, I apparently don't, so I've just written adjective. Um, and Pasif was like, I don't understand what you want to write, and I was like, it just has to be perfect. The adjective, like, it can't mean perfect, but the word has to be perfect. It has to be amazing. And so, what we've landed on, I guess, is. I am your adjective host, Sanya, and I'm joined once more by Parthiv and Kian. How are you guys today? Kian, you first. Yeah, no, you first. I'm doing well, I think. Say more on that. No, last time Kian said she was not doing well, and I was like, am I not doing well? But I think I'm doing fine. Kian, your turn. I am doing pretty badly. Not emotionally. <laughs> Maybe a little emotionally. Not not emotionally. Not not emotionally, it's just that I'm on my period. Which I'm not, which is weird. Because yeah, I always get my period like one day before you. Correct. Then we meet and you give it to me. Exactly. Yes. I get my period, I text you, I see you because when do I not see you? And then you go home and you're like, guess what? But 
you have your period. It's been like almost a whole day. No period has yet arrived for me. I'm getting some pain in my upper butt. So I feel like she's on her way. Before you go any further, we have two episodes out already. And you've obviously listened to them because it would be weird if you hadn't and really random and kind of unnecessary. And I'm glad that we're all on the same page about that. Because why would you have not listened to the first two and you're listening to the third? Especially not the first one. Wouldn't that be weird, guys? Yeah. Yeah, I know a listener of mine, especially not Mindy King, <laughs> would do that. So, okay, we're going to start today with a segment which if you listened last time, which you did, you would be familiar with. Love notes, because as you well know, given that this is an open love letter to someone that I admire, I wanted to use this space for love and admiration to extend more love and admiration to more who I love and admire. Let's <laughs> <laughs> start with a segment. Yeah, let's. So, like I said, love notes. Kian, would you like to start? I would. My love note is to the one, the only, Shilpa Shetty, Kundra? I'm not sure if she's taking You said that like it was slow. <laughs> Shilpa Shetty. I love you, Shilpa Shetty. I hope you're listening. I'm really inspired by you. I think I listen to Shut Up and Bounce maybe six times a day. Aside from Shut Up and Bounce, I think that you have had a career that's quite interesting and unique. I think you are a very good dancer, a yoga sensation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you own a restaurant. Yeah. I'm sorry for yelling at you, but that's <laughs> my dream. My dream is to be sort of a celebrity and own a restaurant. Yeah, that's exactly what Shilpa Shetty is. Yeah. She has everything that I want, and I'm coming to live in your house to learn from you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> my love note in opposition to that. Opposition? You know, it's complete opposition. Oh my. It's Shamita Shetty. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Shilpa Shetty's sister. Correct. Yeah. Baby Sagi. or big? Saghi, baby. <laughs> I identify with Shamita because she's kind of a misfit. She doesn't have her own restaurant. She doesn't wake up at like 6 in the morning and make a different for her son. And her son is allowed to have Maggie on non-weekends. Okay? <laughs> Correct. Her son is allowed to have Maggie on non-weekends. <laughs> and that's okay and I'm, I support that. But... She still has a phenomenal song to her name. Yeah. Shamita Shetty sounds Guys, it started raining. If, and I'm... The way that it's <laughs> raining, it's house. like somebody is throwing uncooked rice at the window. Yeah. And I'm not gonna change... I'm not gonna edit it out. I'm just not. <laughs> That's part of the experience. Why don't you want to soak in Bombay? What is your problem? Not you, Mindy. <laughs> but also, like... So... Anyway. <laughs> Anyways. Sharara, incredible song, and she killed it in that. And she recently had a stint on Big Boss where she was a semi finalist. So <gasps> and she that still takes didn't guts. win despite being on Big Boss a time before that as well. Yeah, she's been on Big Boss twice. You guys think you would make it in the Big Boss house? Never. No. I would literally not make it. 100% I would start having the water in that house. I would, <laughs> though, I can't tell you, like, I would cry into every food I made and I would start writing on the walls and then I would be like, this is not different from my life. This is how everything is. And I would need to like write a self-help book or something but not be able to complete it. Do you know, it would just, it would change my life. I'm so scared right now talking about this in a question that I have posed. (laughs) Oh God. Okay, my love note for this week is, it's such an honor. My love note... My love note for this week is Sonam Kapoor Ahuja. We all, we love, we love this woman. We love her, okay? We 
We Love Aisha, it was a seminal film for all of us growing up and <laughs> and I love the way that it's evolved into our adult lives um, by the tradition that we've created where before we all leave to go like to college since the first one of us left we that's the last movie we watch of either the summer or winter break or whenever it is and it's the best it's There's nothing like it yeah and every time she comes on i'm like <laughs> wow i'm home again you know but uh, the reason i love sonam kapoor so much is because like she's okay so over the course of making this podcast um over the past three-ish weeks i have tried to only really watch the mindy project and one other show which has been coffee with karan and i don't watch it in like the order of the episodes because what and so what i do is like i watch i pick a celebrity and i watch like their interviews over the years and sonam kapoor's are amazing she i think she like is an activist like a good amount i love that she cares about fashion more than acting she's never Like consistently, she says no one is my competition. She's like, why would I not like my contemporaries? She's playing a different game, <laughs> and the idea of that's the thing. Everyone's like Sonam Kapoor. She's not a great actress, but she's Sonam Kapoor first. Her first priority is to be Sonam Kapoor. First, she's Sonam Kapoor. Second, she's Anil Kapoor's daughter. Third, she's Anand the Hooja's wife. Fourth, she's Riya Kapoor's sister, and I forgot her mom's name's daughter. And then the rest follows. Wait, there's also a fifth. She's yeah? also a master of Kapoor trivia. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I don't know if that's how I feel, but <laughs> you know what I feel—an immense, overpowering love for Sonam Kapoor, which has emerged in every meal that I've had with members of my family over the past week or so. And I'm happy that I do. I love you, Sonam Kapoor. So last week we made the exact decision to be annoying and talk about a pervasive theme both in Mindy's work and career. The male gaze and male-dominated spaces. Can say it again with me. The, the male gaze and male-dominated spaces. We spoke about it and perspectives on progress through charting Mindy's career trajectory, criticisms she's received in the past for not having enough women on her cast or crews, which we will get into again today, um, and the integrity of Mindy's humor in a male-dominant sphere and the context of her career. Today we will be talking a bit about an issue that's more pervasive in the world that her. Work enters rather than the world. The worlds that are created within her work, so it's more relevant to conversations around her work than within it. I feel like that's not clear, and I feel like I can only allude to this idea vaguely to like a very limited amount of success. So I'm not gonna um try to tee it up too much. I'm just gonna say what it is. Today we are talking about representation and identity politics. Okay, so before we get directly into the meat of this, we want to quote a Vulture article that says it's easy to confuse caring for Lahiri and their revolutions for each other, though caring's gone on the record asking that we don't. And we want to say this because we're largely talking about criticisms to her work, some choices within them, her responses, our experiences, and our opinions. To speak on her identity is neither our place nor our intention. Representation becomes extremely impersonal when imposed as a metric criticism, and does not necessarily have anything to do with the identity of the person making the work. And we have no desire to conflate the two, and neither do we think should you. So, um, we need to take it back in time when the music made us all unite. And by that I mean um, one fa- <laughs> one fateful day in April of two thousand nineteen, the twelfth of April two thousand nineteen. Um, that was Kian and I had been friends for almost a year at this point. 
Barsav and I did not know each other yet. Mindy Kaling posted a post on Instagram, and this is what the post said. This is what the caption said. Attention ladies, I'm holding open casting calls for the leads in my new Netflix show. I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to do this. The parts are so juicy and funny, and I'm so excited to meet you. Full info is above. Good luck. And she was basically casting for three roles. One was a 15 to 18 year old South Asian American female. Um, the role of a South Asian female who was in her mid-40s with an Indian accent, and the role of a South Asian female in her mid-20s with an Indian accent. And those people became... Maitri Ramakrishnan playing Devi, Purna Jagannathan playing Nalini, and Richa Murjani playing Kamala. And guys, as you know, two nights ago, I had a very intense viewing of uh, Ye Jamani Hai Diwani. And she's in it. Yeah. I yeah, forgot. I hate her in it. Wow, she's incredible in it. I just think... She's good, but we just... What she's offering... Her role in the movie is to offer him something that we as viewers do not want for him. I just didn't like the setting in which it was offered. Why was the it offered yacht, on the yacht? The it yacht was, was too was much good. for me. It was too much for me. I think it was... Fit. I think that's why they did that, though. Yeah, I know. But personally, it was too much. I understand. She was also styled in a lot of blue. Wasn't she bi-coded in the movie? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Did they kiss in the movie? No. They did not. He kissed some white woman because he used to only make out with these blonde women. He had ST with her. In a bi way. Okay. Parthiv. Okay. Back to Never Have I Ever. So, this was an open call which Kian and I were like, we're going to audition for it. And because we saw this and we were like, Mindy? Are Mindy? <laughs> um, and then we had our IBDP theater research presentations, whose ass we had to kick. And I did so well that I wanted to talk about it to everyone. And then at a party, I spoke to someone politely for five minutes. And I was just trying to brag about myself. And then he decided that he liked me for a year. And that man is. <laughs> can we keep this? Are you crazy? Oh shit. Oh, uh, but maybe we can like sense out his name and keep it. I don't know. Um anyway. So what did you guys think of Oh and then in the pandemic, sorry. And then in the pandemic, never have I ever came out. I watched it all the night it came out. You guys? I watched all the night it came out too. All the night it came out as well. Tara as well. Shout yes. out to Tara. I would also like to say that when I heard about this casting call, I was extremely happy. Yeah. I got very excited. Yeah. And I was ready for one of us to be cast opposite that gorgeous man. Yeah. yeah. Guys, oh my god, I almost want to find the sides. I remember that she says the word pedo a lot. We're going to look for the sides. Maybe it can surface in a future episode or something like that. Okay, so what did you guys think of Never Have I Ever? I had so many conflicting thoughts on it. Name some? Like it was pulpy. I really enjoyed the idea of a love triangle. I really liked so that was fun. Continue. Cut that out. <laughs> this is Can your you bleep it out? I really like bleep. Okay. Uh, but I also thought that... No, because I think that's too much. Like, if we bleep that out, people are really going to interpret it. <laughs> I enjoyed the, the rom-com format again of a uh, love triangle. Um, but I also didn't like that, in many ways, Devi is unredeemable and sometimes painful to watch. Wait, you did or you didn't like that? I didn't like that. Okay. That she was kind of unredeemable and sometimes painful to watch. Not in, in a cringeworthy way, but more of a, oh, why is she doing this way? Okay. I think that she is extremely unlikable, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. 
I don't need to like her. Yeah. There are other aspects of the show and other characters that I do like. I just really despise Devi. And yeah. the show is not making me not despise Devi. Like they know what they're doing. I like that quality in the show. I wouldn't say I enjoy it as much as I appreciate it. Just in the sense that like, then she gets to be a person. She doesn't have to be like a vessel for like, oh, this is what Indian people are. You know what I mean? I genuinely, and from the bottom of my heart, have no idea how I feel about this show. Because every yeah. time someone's like, what did you think about it? The way that they look into my eyes, I feel so scared for my life. And like... <laughs> Why? I just, I don't know. I'm like so stressed out. And I feel like I'm always, always, always going to be like, Why? What do you think about it? And I think that I will disagree with someone no matter what their opinion on the show is. Like, I agree and disagree both ways. And I'm always willing to defend Mindy Kaling and her works. I defend the choices of this show. Um... Like, for instance, one of our friends was really undermining it, but she also doesn't consume a lot of, like, media. She doesn't watch a lot of movies. Like, she said she didn't watch Legally Blonde because it was too pink, and I was like, that is the point of the movie. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, she just, like, kind of thought she was above a lot of the stuff that we consumed, and I was like, first of all, relax. Like, you aren't what you eat. And second of all, I think that this show, like, especially its first season had a really interesting um, depiction of grief that felt like it came from a real place. Yeah. And I really liked her relationship to her dad and how that complicated her relationship with her mom. And I liked that she wasn't... I don't know. I also... I just thought it was an interesting story that this is what was happening to her and this is the milestone she wanted to achieve and that things got very complicated and messy because they do. Um, But, like, genuinely, I, I don't know... I think I feel protective of it, but I don't know if I feel, like, fondness for it. Mm. Um, I have no major issues with this show in the way that a lot of other people did. I think when people um, want to talk to it, I feel like I'm just more of a conduit to be like, okay, but this show is valuable in this, 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 this way. It's enjoyable in this, 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 this way. And it has kept me from being able to, like, develop an opinion of my own on it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think the show was a fun watch. I There are many things about the show while it was airing or while I was watching it rather Hmm. that I didn't like and would make fun of but even that was enjoyable also you're allowed to make fun like literally I love I love making fun of things when I watch them so I was very entertained and that's all I was looking for from the show yeah yeah at the time it was perfect for me like I literally needed so much that one night that being said I'm a big rewatcher and like I haven't felt the need to rewatch the show or anything but that's true for other shows as well but like like, there's a bunch of shows that I won't go back and rewatch, and there's other ones which, like, I, I have to, yeah. like, over and over and over. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think, okay, at the time, at least, we were like, hey, this is a good show. I'm having fun. We all wanted to talk about it. We were very happy it was happening. And um, I was talking to one of my friends about it who said that her cousins in the U.S. did not feel the same way. They really did not appreciate the show because they were like, I don't know, the show is kind of, like, presenting Indian people in this way, and that's not how Indian people in the U.S. are. Like, we're not all like this. And it, and I the issue I had with that really was, like, I don't think the show was ever claiming to do that. I think that they give its protagonist a pretty, like, personal and complicated story. And, like, it was never claiming to be, like, this is how Indian people are. Um, so I found that interesting and was not able to place where that came from. Um... Then we found some online criticism that kind of echoed this. Pazza, do you want to read some of it out? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is from Livewire, right, Kian? Kian? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just checking. Okay. <laughs> of course. Yes. Okay. 
live wire writes, the show checks off every single stereotype associated with Indians. Overprotective conservative parents, naughty children, arranged marriages, mean aunties, and then a Ganesh Puja episode, which came across as a stock video of how the festival is celebrated. The scene is replete with elephants and also includes a shot of Durga Puja, an entirely different festival. The article continues, Considering the political climate in India, the whole episode came off as being tone deaf, even as it casually invokes Islamophobia. We see a woman eating alone. She's been ostracized by the Indian community because she married an American Muslim man against her parents' wishes, only to end up getting a divorce. Kamala, who is under tremendous pressure to settle down, arranged marriage style, finds herself in a conversation with the woman. And instead of what you'd expect, talks such as you should live your own life on your own terms, Kamala is told that she ought to do what her family wants in order to sidestep a lifetime of being socially boycotted. I have some things to say about that. First of all, I did not find that Islamophobic. I think that it, for like, because this show does have a large American audience and maybe a large non-Indian audience, for people who are not aware of the fact that there can be tension there, it just like included that into a side plot a little bit. Um, also, I think that why should the character have to be didactic in the sense of being like, well, you know what, this happened and this happened, but I'm, I'm living life on my own terms and so should you. Like, that's her experience and that's her takeaway from it. And if you want her to be didactic and tell her what she should do next, that reduces her to a device for Kamala's plot rather than like an actual side character who's a person whose experience has impacted her own life, not like someone whose experience exists solely to put Kamala on the right path, you know? I also think, like, it's fine to put these things in for characters. People and characters in shows can have beliefs, and they don't have to echo the beliefs of the creator. Like, it would be different if Mindy Kaling was tweeting this or something, you know? Yeah. Um, And then the article says, is Never Have I Ever Watchable? Definitely. But its USP is not its South Asian storyline, which we'll come back to in a minute. Um, For anyone who does not necessarily hold this belief or has not been having maybe as many conversations about this as I have had over the past year, we are going to take a second to underscore the importance of representation and visibility because it's very important to the discussion we're having here today. Representation is important because there's so many stories to be told, which give voice to lesser heard characters in worlds in which they truly belong. This ideally manifests in what we see on screen or stage and what happens behind. Often, poor stereotypical representation can lead to misguided or prejudiced views of a community, which poses harm to the members of that community. Yeah, I think also, like, there's an episode of Master of None, which is called Indians on TV, that makes this point very well. Also, narratives in film and TV can often be aspirational and revolve around a protagonist with whom we are meant to identify. And... While it's possible to identify greatly with a character, either thematically or emotionally, that is a virtue in seeking out or creating characters with whom people that belong to a minority community can relate to physically, culturally and experientially. Especially since the instinct of most Western media is to tell stories of and using white people. So the responsibility then lies on the people of colour to do the work and identify with it and find themselves within these predominantly white narratives. Exactly, unless the plot doesn't really necessitate a character to be of a certain ethnicity, they usually aren't. And like we were saying with the character above, above earlier, who um, was in like a um, Muslim Hindu marriage, 
um, those characters can often exist to be like the person of color who's like providing wisdom or whatever rather than being an actual person and that puts the onus on then the minority community to like work through looking at something and being like okay I I feel seen here but you're doing the work to feel seen whereas the work isn't doing a lot to represent you um, and I just think that the importance of decentralizing the white body and experience is important in creating a broader canon of work in which more people, m- the world in which we actually live and how people actually look can coexist. Um, and that really gets back to what we were talking about, about rom-coms in the first episode, because of the way that the rom-com um, sphere has overwhelmingly looked, when Mindy inserts herself into it, it's not without resistance from the form itself. Um, I think also, sometimes representation conflates itself with identity politics under the name of representation, and I think when it does that it can be confusing and also harmful but it can also do that rather seamlessly a lot of the time um for those who are not familiar with the term identity politics is a subset of politics in which groups of people with particular shared racial religious ethnic social or cultural identity seek to promote their own specific interests or concerns and that comes from a place of um relating to uh aspects of politics which protect your community but when um you want to promote your own specific interests or concerns, you can often, well, that can get complicated. Um, Kian had an interesting anecdote about her time at college, which I think that she should share. Okay, so I study in India. Yeah. And it's a liberal arts college in India. Mm-hmm. I won't say what. Yeah. <laughs> but um, basically, I was having a discussion about uh, intersectionality, mm-hmm. and we were just discussing how while that's super useful it may not be enough of a measure and it may not lead to the inclusive inclusivity and um the empathy or the ways or the right way of looking at identity Mm -hmm. as we'd hoped and we were talking about how a lot of people at college often call themselves people of color which was a little confusing to me because we live in india (laughs) and everybody here yeah. Mostly everybody here. Yeah. Is an Indian. Yeah. Yeah. So, what? <laughs> I agree. People of color in relation to the two white people who run like this bakery in Bandra, like I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand because people of color is an op- like a term that is in has been invented to stand in opposition to white people. Yeah. Like, linguistically. And while, like I said, with male-dominated spaces last time and the way we were talking about can the subaltern speak and because India is, like, post-colonial or whatever, mm-hmm. I understand the... And also the consumption of Western media. Exactly. And how, um, like, America, like, their media is their biggest cultural export and that's largely what we consume. And we've received, like, Westernized education forms mm-hmm. and international education. So because of all of those reasons, I understand how the presence of the West is dominant. However, it doesn't really apply in the same way when it comes to a label such as, like, person of colour. Correct. People of colour, as a label, makes sense when you're talking about somebody with, like, who has a diaspora identity. Mm-hmm. And, or an immigrant. Yeah. Or a literal person of colour. <laughs> yeah. In a country that is predominantly white. Yeah. Like, you're still a person of colour. But why are you saying it now? Yeah. Yeah. I also... Basically, last 
year yeah last year i was getting vaccinated because the vaccine was being made available over there and it was right before the um this was like in april or may i would say and um this was at a time where like there was a surplus of vaccines because they were denaturing and it was like only a certain age of people and people with comorbidities who were getting vaxxed so people could go for like walk-ins and stuff so i was gonna get vaccinated soon and that was around the same time that covid was getting really bad in bombay also just like in india and like there was an oxygen shortage and the u.s was refusing to send uh, there was they, they actually imposed a ban on the export of raw materials for the making of the vaccine in india which allowed the pandemic to get infinitely worse here and when i came back like everyone who had experienced a different pandemic than i had and i felt very guilty about it and i also felt very frustrated because i felt like the vice president of the united states had been like happy the valley the week before the election and then like her indianness was never heard from again and that's one of the issues that i happen to take with identity politics because it has to do with promoting her specific interests or concerns in the sense that like she wanted to rise to power so she asked these people to come and support her and they did but then when she has to go back and in turn support them she's like well americans come first and the u.s election obviously affects the rest of the world right and the decisions like an export ban obviously affects the rest of the world and my being from india and my family being here and the like export ban and stuff affecting them obviously like puts me in a position of bias or whatever but i think that the using of her cultural identity to be like this is my value implied that that was also like what her values were yeah and then to basically use that um insofar as she was able to reach where she wanted to it felt like she was willing to um take from that identity what she wanted to and then not really show up for the living breathing people who are upholding that culture which she was identifying with which i did not appreciate anyway so we were saying the usp is not a south asian storyline thoughts that's so silly it's also i disagree it literally is it's you there's so much to, there's so much to break down in that sentence yeah and the it's USP. like how many words are in the sentence is never have I uh, I started counting syllables. <laughs> um, okay, it's USP is not its South Asian story. Then seven words and wow, what a seven what words a, they are! What a string of seven words! <laughs> yeah, what a <laughs> what a combo! Like it literally is. Every article written about it, every like view on it. Tell me, there's one. Op-ed about never have I ever. There isn't like a South Asian story that you know what I mean. Like it literally is. Firstly, yeah. it does not have to be. Yeah, why only a South yeah. Asian story? Yeah, what? Wh- it just is a story about somebody who is South Asian. Yeah. Um. Which is enough to call it a South Asian story. Exactly. But it's not just that. Yeah. So oh, that's not its unique selling point. Yeah. I would say that the unique selling point is the fact that. This is a South Asian story about. I mean, this is a, a story about a South Asian girl whose father passed away tragically and suddenly. Yeah, and then she got like a psychosomatic a, paralysis. Yes, living in a whirlwind, and she's navigating, trying to be cool be and popular, a yeah. and a normal teenager in high school at the same time. Which is an interesting thought. If Drew Barrymore had made this movie, and I know Drew Barrymore <laughs> has had a difficult life, and I care about her life very much, and I love Drew Barrymore. If she had made this movie. When she was like getting her swing back, when she started producing her own films, we would be living in a different world right now. We would be. 
So, like, also, <laughs> when people are talking about never have I ever father thing doesn't come up. Emotion. Like, none of the things you said come up. And you know what comes up? People are like, it's a story about a South Asian girl. It's a story about an Indian girl. It's a story about a Tamil girl. Who, and the rest of the sentence is kind of a throwaway. <laughs> yeah. And, and the problem is that a lot of people, I don't know if this is the responsibility of the showrunners and stuff in the way that they've marketed the show. I don't know. But it seems like the show has been received in the same way that the Vice President of the United States was like, I am an Indian. Yeah. And then when the show doesn't have enough Indian in it, they're but like, the sh- oh, okay, what? If you look at the media that they have posted about the show, where's that? People are just looking for it. They were sniffing yeah. for it. They were like, it's yeah. there. It's just you know? the, the type of reading that we're used to doing. Yeah. And then when it's not there, we're like, huh? Yeah, like, you know what? Nobody is ever like, the first Indian Disney princess finally is Sonam Kapoor, right? <laughs> yeah! People are like, oh, Khub Surat was a dumb movie. And I'm like, I disagree. I love it. Yeah. I agree with everything we just said. Um, anyway, the article continues. Or maybe this is a different <laughs> article. Okay, this is another live wire. Start again. Okay. This is another quote from the live wire, except this is a review. So it's a different article. Well, it's, it's a review. It's the same, <laughs> same website. And the person says, the main issue with critiques of the show is that it's being held to an incredibly high standard. Like all art created by people of color is. In watching and re-watching the 4,840 plus hours of the ridiculously unrealistic Gossip Girl, I have never once questioned the authenticity of the portrayal of a white male teenager. Though I imagine Brooklyn is not just full of Dan Humphreys or Columbia full of Nate Archibalds. I have like nine things to say about that. <laughs> First of all, I'm so excited for Mike's Mike's Gossip Girl series, Me which is too. coming next. I think that he's really found himself in the, like not to deviate from this important discussion we're having, but like the Pretty Little Liars series, I didn't watch it because I didn't watch it, but... I did. I know, and I saw, <laughs> and I was like, this is how my brain feels on the inside. Yeah. And then I watched the Glee one, and I was like, absolutely. And the fact that Gossip Girl is third is literally, he took the words right out of my, the gray matter of my brain. I'm so excited <laughs> for it to come out probably at the end of the year. Wow. Um, second of all, um, I don't know that much about Livewire as a publication, but like the range of opinions on that. Yeah, what's going website, on? <laughs> it's Who's so, yeah, is? good for them. Um, some of the time at least. And third, I agree. I think this show is being held to incredibly high standards, really random. Um, Tina Fey was the first head writer who was a female at SNL, and shortly after she had 30 Rock, right? That was her show. And a lot of times when the Mindy Project is being understood, it's like spoken about in its successes relative to that show, but also like maybe Sex in the City, maybe Box and Jack, etc., etc. And it is never held to the same standard as those shows. And I would argue that it does in a lot of ways age better than 30 Rock. And um, I don't know. I just think that, yeah, the standard that it's held to is very, very much different. And like we said last time, for um, criticisms that she's received for the Mindy Project, they were like, well, you haven't included enough, like, you know, other women on this. You went from this, like, male-dominated workspace and now you've gone here and you are not giving, like, you're not paying that forward to other women. You've not put enough other women on the show and if you have, they are not enough women of color and the men who are there are not people of color. There's not enough Indians and stuff on the Mindy Project. There was even a criticism that she only dates white men to which she was like, do I have to become the United Nations of Shows in a 2013 <laughs> interview with Entertainment Weekly? 
Um, I just also like literally Thirty Rock. There's one other female character, right? I have not watched Thirty Rock. Neither have I. Okay, there's one other female character. Everyone's fine with it. Like everyone holds it, de- like everyone who watched it holds it near and dear to their heart. And with this, they're like, "Wow!" With everything she's done, you know. Um, actually, I'm not that familiar with criticisms on Thirty Rock. So I'm sorry <laughs> if I misspoke or anything. I just feel like, I don't know. Maybe that's just how my algorithm is structured, as an Indian woman, as a person of color. Uh, Kian, would you like to continue? There's also, and I think this is an- another live wire article. No, it's not. No, this is not a live wire article. This is a from a Reddit thread that Mindy actually responded to. Oh, that's awesome! Was yeah. it AMA? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, you watched it? No, I just like AMA. Okay. <laughs> so, um, the question was, why did you decide to add? A I feel like you should do a voice. Okay. What the question was. Why did you add a stereotypical sassy black woman character to your show? Although seemingly you decided to round up the character later after criticism. To which Mindy said, Hi, great question. No, you don't be aggressive. You be really like charming and bubbly. Hi, great question. I think I disagree with your premise. We have six series regulars. One, the lead, is me, an Indian woman. Another is an African American woman. That's a third of our cast. Although, of course, I hate to think of us in those terms. Utkarsh, Ambudkar, and Randall Park both recur on our show. She continues, I do think that's important, though. We can always do better. I always think it's funny that I'm the only one asked about this when sitcoms I love with female leads rarely date men of color. I guess white women are expected to date white men. I'm expected to, quote, stick to my own. She goes on, I think you're talking about Tamara. I'm sad you reduced her to a sassy black woman. Zosha is hilarious and gorgeous and nails lines like a cranberry turtleneck is what you give your aunt graduating from court reporter school. Is it because Tamara wants to be famous and loves to perform at work and puts a value on superficial things? She goes on. I love to play that as Kelly on The Office and I love that Tamara is young, loves celebrity and is confident and into herself. I hate that it's reduced to someone else's version of a racial stereotype. Ira Madison the third, or is it Ira? I literally have no idea. Ira slash Ira This is a name I'm fine with mispronouncing. In a now deleted tweet, according to an article, challenged Kaling and said that dating white people isn't the end-all be-all and further said, or asked rather. Yeah. Any brown female writers on your show, Mindy? Any brown female directors? Didn't think so. You can miss me tonight, sis. She's literally a brown <laughs> female writer. She's literally the producer of the this show. This is literally the Mindy Project. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not enough. This is why I'm scared of Twitter. But you're on it. And I'm scared. Half my tweets are, but I'm scared. <laughs> but also, I think it brings into question something interesting that, like, whenever I want to talk about it, I kind of have to, like, suss out how the person and like who I'm talking to feels about representation and like what they're like what's on their roster <laughs> before I can be like I don't know I just feel like because okay I think I have lived in India my full life right and then now I go to NYU and I think over there I met a lot of Indians um who were from the U.S. And did not super connect with a bunch of them. One of them um came up to a friend of mine 
uh, with a fist bump and said Hindu gang because they synonymized being Hindu with being Indian, which I what? was obviously not into. <laughs> um, and I also found in the past year that there's such an overwhelm of NRIs making art about Indianness, and um, I think that that's very complicated. I think that you know on one end there is like a complication some incongruencies in a cultural identity where you feel like there's a homeland to which you belong and that's not really your home and also like maybe a rejection of that culture which over time they want to bridge the gap with that and um they use art to do that and when we talk about this we do not want to enact any cultural erasure we understand that as people who were born and raised in india we know that that experience is not something we have that being said i think that sometimes when um these nris which are just non-residents of india talk about their art their experiences that they don't realize that our experiences are different or that sometimes they talk about being indian in a way where they claim to speak for all indians and this isn't everyone this is just some people and it feels almost like on one end it's like easy for them to talk about it feels like their rich subject matter or you know like the thing that makes them valuable and like they can just look for things within that but um i think Parthiv left for college after i did and he also had his own journey with that Parthiv would you like to talk about the impulse that comes into that yeah i actually shared a living space with somebody who was nri mm-hmm. um and i often felt like the way they communicated with maybe white people or people who aren't from india was very different from how i communicated and when i was struggling with like maybe assimilating uh to the culture in which i was like thrusted into that's the second time i've said thrust on this podcast and it's okay um they sort of made me feel as if it was something about me personally that was inadequate mm-hmm. um i think that nris often consume indian culture like maybe bollywood or festivals too uh in a way that feels like it's appreciating the novelty uh but like as people who live in india or have lived in india all their lives like this is our this is what this is our reality like we every year celebrate these festivals we almost every other week watch these films it's part of our cultural vocabulary in a way that they might not understand so it's that understanding that these are two different identities even though they might like have places where they can fit. Yeah. Yeah. Um you said something about assimilation which we'll touch upon more later. But um there's one episode in the Mindy project where there's a few episodes that I feel um were born out of a response to criticism. Like we said last week Mindy is a misogynist is one such episode. And another one is Bernardo and Anita which is a season 4 episode. Season 4 episode 18 or 19. And it's about like Mindy is single again and she goes on a date with an Indian guy the first Indian guy she's dated again like a response to the people being like why aren't you the United Nations of shit <laughs> and um he's he's kind of like talking to her about Indian stuff she doesn't really relate but like she's secure on it she's fine with it and over the course of the date he's like yeah i don't know if i can do this because like being indian is important to me and it obviously isn't to you and she's like what are you talking about like i am indian i identify as indian and um she only said that after he said it and the episode basically follows 
her being like wait what do you mean i'm not indian enough she tries to be more indian she meets more indian people through him and then they start talking about a mundan and stuff and then she thinks about her son leo spoiler 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 alert um her son leo and she tries to do a mundan for him um but like he's crying during it and it's really stressing out and she's like she understands that there are values to this ritual but she doesn't know what they are and because she doesn't it really doesn't adhere with her values she was just doing it because she was like i'm not indian enough and i shouldn't keep my son from having that especially because he's mixed and um basically i think that the way that um the guy she's dating makes her feel not indian enough is not really cool and i think that that's her point there like she's like okay maybe i'm not indian like that but that doesn't make me not indian and saying that i'm not indian enough not that that's what he says but that's how he makes her feel is like not okay but um if she wants to engage in it further and she has reasons for doing that if she wants to reconnect in different ways there are ways to do that and i think that it's fair because it's personal and it's nuanced and while it's not my experience it fits the character and the world in which she lives um although though going back to the open call once i was talking to, i think it was like right after never have i ever came out mm-hmm. and um i was texting after about it and i was like you know kian and i almost auditioned for it and she was like but you wouldn't have gotten it and i was like thank you <laughs> and then she was like no 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 not because of like your acting or anything like 15000 people or something audition but she was like no it's just because like like you're light or skinned and i was like hmm she was like well if they have the opportunity to do an open call and cast an indian person like why would they not use that to basically like give that opportunity to amplify the space or whatever do someone who is both indian and also like darker skin because yo colorism right and she was like but also that person will look more convincing in indian it will meet less criticisms and i'm not saying at all <laughs> that that's why she got cast it's why my friend said that i wouldn't or kian wouldn't and um I think that was confusing for me for a little while because obviously when it comes to colorism I benefit in mm-hmm. certain key ways. Exactly. But likewise and this isn't to negate that. I fully believe that, okay? And this isn't to counteract that or anything. I am adding to that American Indians likewise also benefit in ways that I don't when it comes to this and certain other things, right? And then the issue became for me, I was thinking in terms of like okay so if this is what i want like if mindy king's like hey i'm doing a show open call and i'm thinking about like my personal marketability or whatever as like someone who had just started acting and stuff i was like if this is what i want how do i get it um and then think i hated what one thing that i did was like would then pit me against all these other people auditioning because then i was like do i focus on like the thing that makes me more like marketable by conventional prior means of like no conventional like prior ideals of like what a leading woman or whatever looks like or do i be like oh but i am vulnerable socially in this way this way this way like do i want you to think i do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i don't know if you want to think that there's like i think i said what i said clearly enough right yes. okay no the confusing thing and kind of the upsetting thing about that beyond the being pit against you know the other indian women thing was it becomes then an issue of defining yourself on someone else's terms and um i think that that's again why identity politics comes in and when this translates to my experience in like watching like 
student plays and student films and things like that i was supposed to be in a play earlier this year and i did not do it because i really did not like it in the way that it spoke about being south asian and i was cast like of the south asian like actresses who auditioned for the festival but out of it i was like i lit- i don't want to like as interesting as this might be as an exercise or whatever like people are going to see this i don't want to associate with it i really don't appreciate it um and like my point was that i feel sometimes especially students will look at this facet of the identity and be like okay this is a trove from which i can take and take and find something without realizing sometimes that that can be exploitative and it also feels like honestly sometimes not all of the time a bit of a cop out to me because i'm like is this why you wanted to make films like did you want to like find like different parts of being indian that are so hard which that like there are i'm not and i don't mean to negate any of your experiences but like there has to be more that you want to talk about i think that a lot of them felt very much to be indian enough whereas like i think that but you said something once about um being seen as indian in college yeah at least in the first semester when i used to introduce myself to like people who weren't from india mm-hmm. i'd when they asked me where i'm from i'd say i'm from india but not the parts that you know of which was something that i wouldn't do now because i realized that it's a little self-hating and a little like hypocritical of me to do because i am indian i think also it's just that it it is like something that we need to acknowledge that like we do live in bombay and that is a highly like westernized part of india the lifestyles we live the education we've had the me- media we've Absolutely. consumed very much like in terms of our social social positionality and our privilege like that yeah. can't go ignored and we can't just like dismiss that part and be like but we're from india and these people are from the us like i said intersection after intersection but when we use it for our own personal gain versus like to understand those relative to us i think it's especially important because the definition of being indian if you look it up is i didn't say definition clearly the <laughs> definition of being indian when you look it up is either being like from india or being of indian descent and india has the largest diasporic population in the world so within that i think it's fair to assume also the second highest population within soon the country soon to be highest as of next year soon to be highest as of next year i think like it's a good thing it's not I'm it's just... not it's not she it's did not. but what i'm saying is that within all of these people i think it's fair to say that we there isn't a the indian experience it really pisses me off when yeah. like some white person trying to make small talk with me at college and they're like so what's india like and i'm like what do you mean yeah. like what do you want and when i was when i did that one man was like So what are your thoughts on chess? And I was like, what? And he was like, some Indian people are really good at chess. And I was like, what? So like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I don't have any thoughts on chess. Okay. But also, I think that um, we had very different views on assimilation over the past year because you were in like your first year away and I was in my second year away. And code switching really pisses me off. And it's something I was unintentionally doing for a while. And I think you were too, right? Yeah. And um, I would do that. And then I came home and then I was like. No. Like mm-hmm. absolutely not. I hate this. I thought I was just like adapting in a way where I was like oh this but I realized that I was doing it for other people's convenience without realizing and I did not enjoy it. And um guys, here's a quote from me in therapy about assimilation and reframing assimilation. Um for me personally, I don't think it's a positive thing. If you're to consider assimilation as a survival mechanism, okay, then you're framing these social situations as one where you need to survive. So you're positioning yourself such that you are the one who's endangered and you don't have the power or the autonomy to take up space and therefore you're looking for the spaces 
within this other space where people move freely into which you can squeeze in yourself in a way that isn't inconvenient to them. That's how I have experienced assimilation and code switching and why I think that it's not for me. And I also think, like I said earlier, on the to the end of like ex being exploitative, maybe capitalizing in identity politics, I have a friend who is of a something American identity and I won't say what, but I had a conversation with them very respectfully and like well, it wasn't even the, that long of a conversation. It was just like an interesting observation. And um, they know this. But uh, we were having a conversation once. And I'm not going to say what American identity they were. I'm going to say like location American, okay? So they were like talking about an actor they love. And they were like, oh, their location American. Like their location. They are location. And you know what? There are not enough location actors. I'm so glad. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. Like location in the way that you are location, like location American, or are they from location? Yeah. Because if a person from location were to watch you in a film, they wouldn't be like, oh, finally one of us, in the same way that you are. And I think that that is identity politics, is it not? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Like, I feel nothing when I see Dave Patel on screen. I disagree, but like for different reasons. No, I do. I'm not like Hamara Dave Patel Only because anything. of... Hello? Modern love. I would not feel as connected to. Again, I don't see. I don't feel my find myself identifying with NRIs because I, like, like you said, it truly is a different cultural identity. Yeah. But Dave Patel starred in Sandog Milena as an Indian. Also, and his character was quite not NRI. Okay, but like if you look at Dave Patel in Skins just independently. There's nothing about him particularly that I relate to, except for the fact that he's Indian. Yeah, fine, fair enough. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't feel nothing when I see Dave Patel. Let's move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and I just also say um, that to the point I was making earlier, and I'm sorry, I keep going back to this, about um, Indians in the US making art about being Indian. One difference that I realized while talking to Kian the other day about something else, like a distinction I made was, I was like, well, it's a huge difference when the audience is white people and when the audience is Indian people. And even from here, I have a sense of what white people want to consume because it's stuff that I consume, but through code switching, I would be able to figure that out. And from over there, beyond like people they know interpersonally, they can't really be like, this is what Indians want to see. They can only really ever mean Indian Americans. and in situations where they're surrounded largely by, when they're in, let's say, predominantly white institutions and things like that, it, I understand, can be very, like, overwhelming to have to explain who you are and what your identity is and, like, break all those things down, which is why I think a lot of the perspectives on Kamala and Never Have I Ever and the arranged marriage thing kind of miss the point a little. They talk about arranged marriage in a way where it seems like they have an understanding of it through their explanations to white people. Um, arranged marriage is nuanced and complex and sometimes can lack autonomy, but also sometimes that isn't the case. Yeah. And I don't think that that's really, really the case in Never Have I Ever entirely. Um, also, like I said, if there's an audience of white people and Indian people between there somewhere, not to say that Indian American people are like white people at all, just there's a third audience which is for Indian American people and I really really appreciate when I see art being made especially by new people who that um works on reckoning with 
parts of it that they're struggling with does not try to have a cathartic ending does not try to be didactic does not try to tell you what indianness is or what an experience is like with any finality to it um i also think like you were saying completely different experience in india and one thing with mindy was that if i'm used to consuming largely white media i've also like definitely me personally engaged in a lot of whitewashing like with myself and then had to like undo that mm-hmm. and um i don't know i feel like mindy kind of captures that but also i think that there's a lot of whitewashing within india specifically within bombay like we were saying earlier and just i don't know through increased access to the internet and like the way that streaming is and stuff right now and the content that i have both elected to consume but also has been presented to me i think it's good that even in a show like sex lives of college girls the cast is four women two white women and two people of color women women of color <laughs> <laughs> keep that in <laughs> and the indian one um even though she's introduced through her parents and a sense of indianness is endowed in that indianness and especially at college gets to be a character and not just indian yeah like she definitely experiences like adversity and things and like it's not like she's indian in the first episode and it never comes up again it's just like she also gets to be a human being which i appreciate yeah i also would say um going back to the mundan episode i really like the way that um mindy reexamines her relationship to her indianness um in and valuing it in the context of leo because she's like well my son is mixed if i don't pass any of this on to him maybe that's something that i want to be doing and like he's half white but he is also half indian also unrelated 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 but um the way that mindy as an indian woman <laughs> will when she's looking for danny as an indian woman will call danny an ethnic man when she's describing him <laughs> as <a> stranger <laughs> is crazy but that aside i think that um the se- when she becomes a mother in the show her relationship to a lot of issuey things change in a very profound way that i really appreciate it's a huge tonal shift for the show that i think is rocking is that the adjective i like rocking that's a great ad- adjective wow cut that out i'm going to say it correctly okay Good evening, and welcome to the BBC, where we will be announcing the death of Her Royal Highness Bro. Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, anyways, cut in the back. You should be chanting. We want Queen Elizabeth. Stop. Okay. We will. We. You're wasting my life right now. Did you know that? No. Let's play the game. Start okay. the game. Shh. Okay. Hi guys, miss us. It was just one musical break. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a 2 second musical break. So, relax. Keep in your pants. So, now we're going to play everyone's favorite game. The Seawon. Sorry. The Seawon. In case you don't remember, when we were in the 11th grade, Kian decided to write what was basically the IBDP equivalent of a dis- dissertation. Yeah. On chick flicks. Chick flicks, and she titled it the C word, and I said, "Kian, that is not the C word. There is another C word, <laughs> and um, it's one of my favorite stories on Earth, and I wanted to immortalize it in this game, which has many different variants and additions. Today we will be playing 
Uh, we did. We don't have a name for it. We don't have a name for it, but it's a version of the C word that that's very fond. That's very close to my heart. Which one isn't? Yeah, all of them are. <laughs> yeah, they're all bangos. It's C word recasting edition. Yeah. So I will name an American TV show slash movie, mm-hmm. and we together mm. have to reach a consensus on a recasting of this show. Okay. This today isn't timed, and today we all love each other and we're not competing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but we have to reach a consensus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to be in agreement and we have to be comfortable with this agreement. Are you saying that to you and Tanya? I'm saying it to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first show, which I feel like is appropriate, is The Mini Project. <laughs> Shocked! <laughs> okay, I already have one answer, and I don't care if people don't agree with <sighs> Who do you think should play Mindy? Let's start with no, Mindy. Let's why would Mindy. she not play herself? Bro, we're not recasting Mindy. Yeah, why? We're not recasting. That's in not happening. Uh, fine. Who was it Wait, in my We can again. <laughs> <laughs> she has her own show, guys. Stream Masaba Masaba on Netflix. Okay, guys, let's do the Mindy project. Other cast, I guess, if we're not casting Mindy. Okay. Danny. Why didn't that one? Let me say bye. Bye. <laughs> I did it for you. Because they're both short Let kings. Let me say why. They're both... Okay. Let me say why. They are both, yes, short kings. Actually, I don't know what their heights are, but I believe you. Well, like, they're short. I've yeah. seen them. I'm sure he should have run into us yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, we were in his um, nutritionist's building. We were. And he should have been too. Um, but that's fine. And, okay. So, Varun Dhawan should because... You know how Danny does that side smile? Yeah, not like that. Not like Finn from Glee. He does a side smile. He's like, yeah, and I just think, thank you. That he does the same exact smile, and he would be perfect. I just feel like visually perfect. Like he, he's just Danny with more like, he would be good. And Warren is angry well, and Warren can dance. Warren. Also, like I feel like maybe we should have we should find. A Punjabi friend of ours, and then find an Italian friend of ours. Yeah, you have to stop talking. <laughs> I think we should get a Punjabi friend of ours and an Italian friend of ours, and see what happens. What does that mean? Like, like a baby. Their heart is the same. I don't agree with you, but the, the weddings are both big. No, it's Greece. They love their family. Yeah, I literally don't know what you're talking they about. They love their family. You know what? I'll agree with Varun Dhawan as Danny. If you give me Ananya Pandey. Nothing. She is no. not. I will go on record on this podcast and say <laughs> That can't be it. What if I'm friends with her in the future? You will never be friends with her in the future. How do you know? Why don't you We're care about your friendship to us? One second. Ananya Pandey cannot be Tamna. in your life. Ananya Pandey cannot be Tamna. That doesn't make any sense. There's no basis behind that. You just think you guys would make good friends. Yeah. And I would be Morgan. No. You would literally not be Morgan. Who would be Morgan? Oh. Mm. Nope, let's recast it, please. Um, Tamara. Who's Spunky? Name a Spunky girl. Rocky. <laughs> that would work. No, bro, Rocky should be Beverly. Yeah. Rocky sounds like <laughs> That would smack. Let's do, let's do Jeremy and let's do Jodie. Oh my god, Jeremy, wait. I'm gonna start crying. There was so much silence there. <laughs> <laughs> We're waiting, Jody. Why can't we do Morgan? Yeah, that's us Fine, Morgan. let's do Jeremy and Morgan. Jeremy can be. Jeremy can be a Kapoor. Adi would kill it. I think he would kill it. 
I'm always happy to see him. I'm yeah. in. Okay. Okay, Adi. <gasps> Wait, also, why could Katrina be Jeremy? Do you know she what I mean? She Katrina could, could be Jeremy. But also, Adi. That's just because she's British. I just want to be able to call, get Adi's number. Call I him, agree. Like, I'm casting you in this project. Come. And I think Morgan. Aditya Raka Purfa listening literally follow me on Instagram. And who's the last one? Morgan. Not Freeman. The cat. <laughs> Thanks, Kian. Two girls. Um... No, I don't want to. Vicky Kaushal's brother, Sunny Kaushal. Yeah, okay, I don't mind. That's a good Morgan. Yeah, I can see it. I'll, I'll live. Okay, continue now. Next round. Our next round is Chicago. The movie, not the play. No. Let's do La La Land. Gasps. Okay, I think Ranbir has Ryan. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I listen, guys. Wait, then why would we not cast Deepika? No. No, No. let me say why, because it's an In Another Life movie. I, I don't think Deepika will be dating in any life. I don't think Deepika can play Red Hell at all. I know her hair's not going to be Red Hell. She can't play Red Hell. I think Deepika can play a demure spunky person. I think she could... Demure, demure What are you talking about? She could so be like... What if I'm not... What if I'm not... What if I'm one of those people who is just... It was supposed to be a pipe dream. Hey guys, in Bajtan, as you know, she was demure and spunky. No, she was not demure. She was a little demure. She was not demure. She was chill. No, she was chill. Yeah, she was a cool girl. And she used to say things like... What if it's Samantha Prabhu? I would live. No. <laughs> Listen, guys. What do you want? With Ranbir? I think you said, first of all, you guys said Ranbir so fast. Yeah, but yeah, that's obvious. Yeah, but that's how I feel in my heart. Okay, but like, who's good enough? Me. No, Kian, no. I want to be cast. Guys, Alia would turn it again. Alia would turn No, not against him. I'm okay with Alia. Guys, honestly, let this be their debut. Imagine Alia doing... Call them up. Call them up right now and tell them Paul Brahmastra. You need to make <laughs> La La Land with Ranbir and Alia and release that first. I'm really upset right now. But imagine Alia and another day of sun or whatever. <laughs> another day in the sun? Of sun. Another it's day of sun. Every day he says the name of the song wrong. <laughs> okay, give me another movie. I'm upset. Okay, guys. I just want everyone to know that we are wearing monochromatic colors. For example... Uh, Not s- colors. Okay. <laughs> guys, I just want everyone to... Shh. <laughs> Guys, I just want everyone to know that we are wearing monochrome. <laughs> <laughs> you mean monochrome? Pat is wearing all pink, I'm wearing all blue, Kian's wearing all black. That is what monochrome means. But you can't be wearing a monochrome, you should be wearing a monochromatic outfit. I can be wearing Let's move on. hair on my head and I can just have on my face. Let's move on. The next movie is... Why can't you just do a classic rom-com? Will your life be so difficult? Fine, let's do 10 days to lose a guy or whatever. How did this character? <laughs> but there's only two characters. Yeah, there's two characters in that. Ten things I hate about you. Ten things I hate about you. Oh, Let's do it. Fine. fine. I think that Heath Ledger could be played by I'm so Ranbir Singh. Young Ranbir Singh, Banba Jabal. Maybe, maybe. One second. I think Ranbir could also play this role yeah, well, considering Ye Jawani Hadiwani. I think, I think he could. I don't think, he's, he's, an, I don't think he's annoying. He's just like characters literally annoying. Sometimes Heath Ledger annoys me. R.I.P. I think Ranveer or Ranveer. We can we can make them do a screen test. Yeah, fine. Um. Alia would literally fit for as either of the sisters. Gad? I don't think as Gad. I don't think as Gad. Pariniti would be a good younger sister. Yeah, I think yeah, Pariniti is the younger one and we can give Deepika the... No, 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 no. I'm that, okay with Deepika. No, no. No, she would be Nena, not Yejavani Hadiwani, Nena Kalhuna Ho. In a way where I'd be like, we already have that. 
That's true. So who's the modern day Preeti Zanta? But is that what we want? Actually, it is. Yeah. It literally is. Who's the modern day Preeti Zanta? Why can't we do no, 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 Preeti no, Zanta no, no. that time? No, no, no. Why? We found a good fit. Fine. Preeti Zanta. Yeah. Thank you for your phone away, please. Thank you. Welcome back. So, like we said earlier, Mindy's body of work and the criticisms it receives really more than anything else and also the mere fact that it does receive these particular criticisms proves to be an interesting jumping off point for what i think is kind of a necessary and what i hope becomes an ongoing discussion about representation and its conflation with identity politics and how artists take that further in making that art um i think like yan you know the way that we were like mindy our mindy when they opened called mindy. yeah gharki mindy yeah. Um, when it came out, we were like, oh, true. We were not like, ghar ki mindi dal barabar. We were like, ghar ki mindi murgi barabar. Do you know what I mean? Like, we didn't, she didn't feel, we didn't feel seen by mindi in a way that felt too close to us. Yeah. Which, guys, let me tell you an anecdote, which I think I've told you before. Once I was doing a scene for someone's film assignment or whatever, and I had to like, be fighting with someone and be like, and like it was kind of like physical and we were fighting or whatever we did like three takes and this girl came up to me and she was like you know what you're reminding me of and I was like what and she's like have you seen that video where she's like Pooja what is this behavior I'm not picking it up and I was like I find that to be in the words of Mindy Kaling racial <laughs> but Mindy doesn't do that to me Mindy is in fact something that I kind of aspire to and I think another thing about representation and this discussion we've had today that is so important is like when people talk about representation they're like well, it's so important to see this on screen and that on screen but it's also like which screens are you looking at you know like indian bollywood exists indian cinema exists for um like latinx communities they have shows and things too but largely what we consume is from an americentric if not just a generally westernized um experience of like production and distribution right mm-hmm. so it's not only which screens are you looking at but also how do you want to be presented to whom and i think that that also like for instance if you consider when priyanka chopra went to bollywood very mixed reviews from people here right because we felt like we were being seen and so everything that she did was very like but why not like that why not do you know and i think that mindy doesn't do that for us and for the people that she does do that for they receive those criticisms i also think that that manifests in the mindy project in a way that's similar to the romcom thing uh where it's not necessarily her overt intention to display that but the way that that feels internally comes up and that's really through the character of Morgan which we'll talk about another time um but yeah like we said it's actually women of color that criticize her right so then the question becomes like in terms of like paying forward and stuff like does she owe us that is that her job thoughts I don't think she owes us that agreed Parif I don't think any artist owes any audience member anything I think yeah like well but I will say that she has done it in her works succeeding the Mindy project. Yeah. Like if we're considering Never Have I Ever and if we're considering Sex Life of College Girls, she has included more women and she has con- included more people of color. Yeah. And it seems she's not even much. a part of these projects as much as she's written mm-hmm. or a pro- like executive producing them. Yeah. Which I think she has done. And yeah. it has coming organically to her. That's wonderful. And we can always appreciate that. That's always a good thing. But that's not an expectation that we should have of her. And I think that that's interesting too because if we think about like how I said last week 
male dominated spaces seem to be a preoccupation of hers given how early it came up in the first season of her first show her preoccupation now seems to be really like centralizing making more room at the table for other women and she is doing that very much with her newer shows and it's not making it into like discussion or commentary that exists within the work as much as like the actual work she's creating which i think is genuinely meaningful representation um and i don't think that in terms of what you said about any artist not doing any audience member anything i think it's much more that like she's never claimed to represent everyone so you can't be like she's not representing everyone in, like accurately like she's speaking to parts of her experience or she's creating characters and they will represent some people and they won't represent others i think maybe the expectation that it's supposed to like represent everyone comes from a place of not wanting to be seen or sort of like i, I said earlier we are this is like misplaced anger because there isn't enough space in hollywood or there hasn't been a space created in hollywood for people of color specifically indian people to tell their stories or mm-hmm. to produce what they want or act in what they want and just because mindy has curated the space for herself that doesn't mean that she owes it to everybody else to tell everybody else's stories yeah she's only here to make art that she wants to make yeah and the problem is not with her it's a problem with other with networks and like the the industry in general and the focus should be on creating more space for more people mm-hmm. and not just asking that of one person yeah yeah we didn't expect like lucille ball or fran drescher or carrie bradshaw to be us or to represent every single facet i think just because mindy is not white she is expected to represent the whole like spectrum of other identities that exist yeah. that are not white but like we said there's a range within that and a vast range yeah and it's like not really possible to do that and i don't see why that onus is on her i will also say to your point about the thing about especially for indians like i think also especially in the us once i was having a conversation with friends of mine and one of my friends who is latinx was talking about like how it's so frustrating was talking to me and kept saying like it's the same thing it's the same thing like when i spoke about something and i was like name one indian actor there are many could not name one do you know what i mean um i think also um going back to the question of like does she owe us that as for this podcast like we're reaching out as people who look up to her right who also happen to be like indian people and stuff and like even for like expressing our admiration or anything we need to make it clear as much as like we do want to link up as people on that side of the ceiling say does she <laughs> owe us anything no no um so gang if she owed us something we wouldn't be making this podcast this is us just begging yeah true <laughs> we're saying you don't owe us anything it's however so we would really appreciate it yeah. love you more importantly um but 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 this brings us to the untimely end of our podcast gone too soon Right. So, um guys, did you hate this episode? Do you think we're being too issuey? Um do you find the sounds of our voices annoying? Do you think the dynamic of our friendship is intolerable and maybe like not for other people to perceive? If that's what you feel, guess what? The power is in your nimble little fingers, baby. You can go on to whatever the thing is that makes my podcast popular and you can make it that and you can share on social media and you can add Mindy Kaling over and over and over if you know hey i know that like all indian people know each other except me and mindy kaling so like if you know mindy kaling just send it to her on literally your whatsapp group with her and guess what if you want to solve it will be 
And if you liked it, the set of things you can do is not dissimilar to that. So, anything in closing, guys? See you next week. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Actually, no. See you in two weeks. <gasps> True! <laughs> we have something to share with you, baby doll. Next week is off. And next week is off. <laughs> and um, that's because mommy needs some me time. I'm just kidding. That's just the way that we've structured our release. Um, and I don't know. Don't think, miss us too much. Yeah, don't miss us too much. It's th- that little tiny short instrumental break was a lot for you. But it was just kind of like to give you a taste of what the next week is going to be like. Um, but we'll catch you the week after. Happy wow. September. Bye. Bye. Bye.